Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. that you're capable of doing it it just came out and uh you know i I think our guys are definitely rallying behind that and 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 believe in it jason moss on the eskimos why not us slogan as they try to become an underdog under 500 team to advance to the great cup they will have to beat 15 and 3 hamilton on sunday to do it saw some social media posts from eskimos players getting on the plane today to fly to the hammer and there were t-shirts draped over the sheets over the sheets, over the seats with a picture of the Grey Cup and uh, another slogan on that saying, be the first. Of course, no crossover team has ever made it to the Grey Cup by going through the other division. The Eskimos have won the uh, East semifinal now three times, have never been able to win the East final. NHL tonight, Devils leading the Penguins 2-0 in the third. Also in the third, Montreal up 4-0 in Washington. Bruins in Toronto tied 1-1 after two. Early third, St. Louis leading Columbus just scored. So the Blues and Columbus are now tied 2-2 early in the third and after two, Ottawa leading Philadelphia 2-1. Of course, that Eskimos game is Sunday morning, 11 a.m. kickoff. Our countdown to kickoff with Morley, Dave, and Blake will start at 9.30 in the morning. Tomorrow, 12.30 face-off show game at 2 as the Oilers take on Dallas. Could it be another brilliant performance? McDavid in front to Neal. Slitter in front. One-timer to save made. Burner on dry side. Hard rim around the boards. Kleppbaum able to keep it in. A lunging Cole beaten by McDavid. Walks in. Shoots and scores. Undressed Cole. Nugent Hopkins and Neal. Here's McDavid in across the line. Wrist shot score. Top right corner. A thing of beauty. An absolute rocket. Now McDavid, wrist shot, score. Second hat trick in three games for Connor McDavid. 5-1 Edmonton, and here comes the headgear at Rogers' play. Some have said the most beautiful sound in the world is Jack Michaels describing an Oilers goal. Hi, Jack, how are you doing? Well, who would I be to argue with anyone like that, right? <laughs> That's right. Why would you possibly refute that? Yeah, I'm not going to be modest. upset about that. Just be like, no, yeah, that's true. Thanks. Yeah, no, I'll take it. I'll take it. I like it. <laughs> uh, I want to start somewhere else with you, though, buddy. Uh-oh. All right. 
what, what do we got? Well, We're going off topic already? Well, this is a huge topic. This is, I mean, I mean, even non-sports fans are talking about this today, watching the video. Your Cleveland Browns, and they have never more so been your Cleveland Browns. Than they were last night. <laughs> but I, yeah, that was, well, that was well crafted. They won the game. They won they the did. game. They uh, did. That's the that's, that's the, seemingly not a big topic today. However, I know that's the weird thing. Oftentimes, if a player snaps, he's on the team that has lost or is losing the game. Uh, Miles Garrett for the Browns, and and again, he's not going to play uh, this season. Uh, so, and we'll see if there's further punishment beyond that. A couple other players were suspended, but he's the one that tore off the helmet and uh, hit Rudolph with it. Now, do you, when you saw it for the first time. Was it? I saw you it live. The game, right? Oh, you live to me because I taped it. Remember? Yeah. So I didn't want anyone telling me what was going so on. You got, give me your timeline after the game, and then your reaction to this incident. After well, obviously, I was I was actually kind of falling asleep because it wasn't the most entertaining of games, to be honest with you. So I, you know, I watched it. I just fast forwarded through halftime, but I basically watched every play. So, you know, it was pushing midnight by the time I got to what happened. And, and I mean, I, I snapped to attention only from the standpoint that I don't think uh, the commentators had any clue what was actually going on at first. And, uh, you know, it got out of hand in a hurry. And it's, you know, typical Browns in terms of, uh, you know, having an opportunity to finally get some positive news for uh, something they've done on the field, and it's completely overshadowed by one of the more, you know, egregious uh, and and flagrant acts of violence, not related to football that you've ever seen on an, on any sort of athletic forum. I mean, this was this was to me uh, much more egregious than Marty McSorley trying to get Donald Brashear's attention or something along those lines. I mean, I, I don't even think this is the same ballpark. So, uh, you know, that's that's kind of my thought on it. Uh, I, I'm i not going to be, uh, you know, a, a victim blamer, but I, I don't think Mason Rudolph is uh, completely innocent in this particular equation. I, I think uh I think he was involved in a in a wrestling match on the pile and, and, and got engaged there where he didn't need to and there was some twisting of the face mask by him and you know, potentially a kick to the groin. I also, I mean, it's the heat of the moment after that. I, I don't think you can blame him uh, for going after Miles Garrett, although, you know, if I see an enraged defensive lineman uh, in front of me and I don't have a helmet on, I'm not sure my first course of action is going to be challenging that guy. And, oh, by the way, he's holding my helmet. And, and you know, it, it was obvious that he had snapped at that point, and it, it just got completely out of hand. So, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't mind, quite frankly, seeing Rudolph get fined. I'm not sure he deserves to be suspended a game, but I'm not sure he doesn't either. Uh, and and obviously, as far as Miles Garrett is concerned, I, I think the NFL got it right with at least suspending him for the balance of the season and 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 maybe beyond that. I I, I don't think Pouncey gets as much as he got if he didn't uh, get the kick in the he mix. Yes. I think if he just punched. That might have been a game at the most. I, I think the kick to the head, even though it wasn't significant contact, I think that was another bad look for the league. That you know, again, with the NFL, it's all about the shield. It's all about public perception, and I think they wanted to come across as stern as possible. But if it turns out 
that Garrett only gets six games and Pouncey gets three, I'm not quite sure they got it right there either. Right. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to explain it, Jack. Yeah. This incident, Sorry, it's another it's also a long-winded way no, of explaining but, it. But so. it's it's a really it's a it, well, I mean it's not interesting in a good way because it was pretty violent, but it's interesting to talk about why why it happened and what the follow might be and what is an appropriate suspension because I think regardless of what number they come up with, somebody's going to argue it should be longer unless they throw them out of the league, which I don't think they'll do. They, the, we, look, you and I have talked about the Browns. They haven't been very good for, for a while. Uh, well, in their second this? incarnation, you might say ever. I mean, they were in the yeah, playoff, one playoff And they blew a game against the Steelers. So yeah, they what? were up 28-10 in that game. Thanks for reminding me. So are, are the Steelers the most hated opponent of Browns fans? I mean, Oh, the sure. Browns, the bit, Browns, okay. Steelers, Browns Steelers would be, you know, Flames, Oilers, uh, you know, Eskimos, Riders, uh, you know, I, I mean, it would be at least that level. And, and if, if not more severe, I mean, I don't know. I, I never know, like, for instance, when our colleague Bob goes on about, I want both the Oilers and Flames to be sick. You know, I, I never know whether he really means that. I, I, I don't, because I don't know a ton of Flames fans that want the Oilers to do well and vice versa. So, um, so that's why that's the only thing I'd say. You know, maybe the Browns and Steelers are, is a little bit more heated than that because I can't remember ever saying, "Well, the Browns aren't any good this year." I really hope the Steelers do well. I mean, right. that would never be a sentence that comes out of my mouth. But you know, Canadians are generally nicer people, so maybe that's why. Jack Michaels, play-by-play voice for Edmonton Oilers, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, uh, I, I had to miss practice today to get a, to get a root canal. Uh, I, I saw some of your notes. I know you've got some audio ready for the face-off show tomorrow, but anything, uh, anything of note today, any player or coach, say something that caught your ear. No, not really. I mean, James Neal took a maintenance day. I think that's one of the first ones, if not the first, he's taken this year. But he'll he'll be in the lineup tomorrow. I expect them to dress the same lineup tomorrow with Miko Koskinen in the pipes. I think, uh, you know, again, I, I sent in some McDavid audio. And the reason I do that is because uh, Connor's always more comfortable talking about someone else's uh, achievements or contributions to the team, and and one of the subjects of the day was what uh, you know it meant in terms of the Cassian hit to kind of establish a certain tone, and you know that was something that is a little bit created by Bob and I during the course of the game. It's something we're talking about, and obviously Rob Brown, as a former pe- player, can have some insight there. But I, I also genuinely wanted to see, all right, did we make too much of that? And and no, I mean, the the answer emphatically was, uh, you know, everyone did get a charge out of it. Uh, and while I don't think they'd say it, I, I think the fact that you land that kind of a shot on a superstar player, uh, you know, magnifies the importance of the hit. And, and I think Rob made a very good point last night in terms of, you know, there is no answer, even, even when Colorado's at full strength, there's no answer for the avalanche with respect to uh, the grit, intensity, physicality, whatever euphemism you want to use. 
that Cassie and, and Darnell Nurse brings to Edmonton's lineup. I mean, that's the one element that Colorado's missing, which is really intriguing, Reed, and, and ironic in the sense that that's why, Colorado, why Calgary made the Lucic deal, is they felt like they were somewhat overwhelmed and overpowered in the Colorado series. And I never really understood that narrative because I didn't think Colorado overpowered Calgary. I, I feel like they overwhelmed them from a speed, a speed standpoint. And I also think that Colorado's skill players showed up in that series and Calgary's did not. And and that's something that I've noticed even in Calgary and Edmonton's head-to-head matchups that Goudreau and Monaghan never seem to be as much of a factor against the Oilers head-to-head as they as they do against some of the other teams in the league. They weren't against Colorado. They went out and got Lucic ostensibly to toughen them up for playoff time. But, again, I, I don't think that's why they lost the Colorado series because I look at the Avalanche squad – you know, even in, in, in full effect with Zadorov, who does run around a little bit, but not on the level uh, of what Cassie and a nurse can do. And I don't think Zadorov is as good a player as nurse on the back end and, and isn't as impactful as Cassian can be at his best up front. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, fair for sure. Dallas, uh, the couple, uh, a few Oilers connections there, I guess. Uh, Taylor Fadoon's there. He wasn't an Oiler for a long time, but he's there. Secker is there. Todd Nelson, who was a very popular coach in the organization for several years, is there. A little bit of some parallels there to San Jose for me, Jack. Didn't start well. Coming on. They've, uh, you know, they've already beat Calgary and Vancouver on this trip. Well, and the other parallel to San Jose, I think, Reed, is a, is a team that's been knocking on the door for a number of years uh, with this core ever since they made the trade to bring Sagan to Dallas and hasn't been able to break through. They've been close. Uh, they've lost in seven to St. Louis, uh, not once but twice, I believe. Uh, the Stars, I, I think, lost a, a second-round series to St. Louis when the Blues lost to the Sharks in the conference final in 2016, if memory serves. I might be wrong there, but I know they've lost two second-round series in Game 7, and that's as close as they've gotten uh, with this group. And, and now you've got you know Jamie Benn not scoring. I think he's got one goal. He broke a pointless streak of five games the other night in a win over Vancouver, and Tyler Sagan scored for the first time in three weeks the other night. I mean, you've got you've got guys that are really making a significant portion of your salary cap not not contributing at at the rate they need to offensively but you've also got you know arguably one of the best goalie tandems in the league i mean ben bishop has has been a quality goalie for a number of years and he's having maybe his best season right now i mean his goals against is 2.1 his save percentage is 93 and his record is 6-5 and 1 I mean, this is a team that's been winning games 2-1 and 3-1 throughout this stretch where they've rescued themselves, you know, with a 9-1-1 run after starting the season 1-7-1. And And they've done it simply because Bishop has gone from being good to otherworldly. And, oh, by the way, his backup, Anton Hudobin, as you know, Reed, is probably one of the top five backups in the league. I don't even think that's a stretch to say that. I mean, he's... He, you know, he's he's playing to a save percentage just a shade under 92. So they're getting outstanding goaltending, and they're doing it without one of the top offensive defensemen in the league and John Klingberg. Uh, they're a little banged up themselves. Uh, Andrew Cogliano missed his first game ever due to injury. Remember, he had that Ironman streak ended while he was in Anaheim due to the suspension. 
but I think he'll be back in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, and and they've got a you know they're they're the type of team. I, Reed, I can't I can't figure out why they're not scoring. I mean, Jamie Ben had 53 points last year, and and so maybe you know the second half of his season last year was kind of an ominous portent of things to come, or maybe like. Sidney Crosby three or four years ago, not to put those two players in the same class, but maybe he's just going through, you know, one of these, all right, I'm turning 30 kind of slumps, and, and he'll come out of it the way Crosby did. I mean, it wasn't too long ago Crosby was in that kind of slump that Jamie Ben's in, where, where just the points weren't coming. But it is hard to figure out why this team has to win the way they're winning, but they're finding a way to stay in the race, just like those San Jose clubs did for so many years where it was so tempting to write them off just as we were even a couple weeks ago. Now all of a sudden the Sharks have won four in a row. Now all of a sudden the Dallas Stars are on a 9-1-1 run. It won't be easy tomorrow. It won't be. You're not going to get – I don't think you're beating Dallas 6-2. to two. No. I, I don't think you're exploding offensively against them. It's going to be hard tomorrow. It's going to be a 2 o'clock game. Uh, the difference is you're playing a Western Conference opponent who's not – you know, used to playing in the afternoon either. It's going to be a grinded out affair, Reed. And if I was doing a plus-minus on the over-under goals, I, I'd put it at three. I think this is a two-one game all the way. All right, Jack. Avoid any swung helmets this evening. I'll see you at the rink tomorrow. Reed, you had eleven questions prepared, and I think you asked two and a half. No, I I only prepared two and a half. I- <laughs> I was especially wired. I apologize if I just kind of completely went off the rails. Jack, you it's are... not the first time, though. You are always welcome. I'll see you, Matt. With me, you're always running the veer option. Take care. <laughs> That's right. There's Jack Michaels, Oilers play-by-play voice. You're on uh, 630, Chad. Uh, I love that man. He is uh, He's a very cool individual. Uh, this texter says uh, 7804960063. Remember, is now both the number to call and text. We have someone who's saying the Eskimos will win by two with Trevor Harris engineering a uh, final drive of the game to win. Well, that would be exciting for sure. And we had uh, another texter saying 35-33 for Hamilton. That would be a shootout. While Lamont, wow, look at this confidence. Lamont is picking the Eskimos 42-19. My goodness. If uh, if Lamont is right with that one, I will take him or her to Northern Chicken. That is quite the prediction. 723, we'll call a quick timeout. Hey, we got an awesome promotion coming up here. Join the team with the Edmonton Oilers and 630 Chad, sponsored by Japanese Village. It starts Monday. We're giving one lucky fan the ultimate super fan experience, a spot in the Oilers team photo. So you get a personalized Oilers jersey for Team Picture Day. You will also get to have uh, breakfast with members of the 630 Chet and Oilers Radio Network broadcast crew. I think you know who those people are. You'll get to hang out at the Oilers game, game day skate. You get a tour of Rogers Place. You get a uh, lunch with Oilers Hockey Management. You get VIP tickets to the game for you and three guests. Uh, you'll get dinner in the media lounge. You get a pregame interview with me in Studio 99 on the Faceoff Show. You get to watch the first period from the press box, and then you go back to your VIP seats and sit with your buddies. And then you get a postgame table in Studio 99. My goodness, this is a long list of stuff. Now, the contest is going to start Monday, and you'll have to listen for a daily code word. You'll have to listen for a daily code word. Uh, It'll be on throughout the day.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Believe in my time slot. We'll try to do it around 6.20 p.m. each day. So remember that. This is incredible. Join the team with 6.30 Chad in Japanese Village. Inside is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Esk fan Glennie offering his prediction. Says the Eskimos will beat the Tiger Cats 26-19. U of A Golden Bears hockey at Claire Drake Arena tonight. 1-1 with Regina. Four minutes left in the first period. American Hockey League. The Oilers farm team, Bakersfield Condors, trailing Colorado 1-0 with five minutes left in the first period. In the NHL, Bruins lead the Leafs 3-2 with eight and a half minutes left. Dying seconds of the third, 15 seconds to go. Devils up 2-1 on the Penguins. Three minutes left, actually less than that. Two minutes left in Washington. Habs up 5-2 on the Caps. Two and a half minutes to go in Columbus. The Blue Jackets and Blues are tied 2-2. And 12 and a half minutes left in the third in Ottawa. The Senators lead the Flyers 2-1. Oilers and Stars tomorrow. 12.30 face-off show. Game at 2 here on 6.30, Chad. 9.30 countdown to kickoff Sunday morning. East final at 11. Edmonton at Hamilton. 2.30 in the afternoon. It's... Winnipeg at Saskatchewan. Of course, the Riders have an MOP finalist, quarterback Cody Fajardo. I want to make sure I can be all systems go on game day. Um, I think adrenaline will definitely take over, which will help. Um, And just being in that great atmosphere with our fans, um, at that point, a lot of times your pain is a little bit numbed. All right. That's the big story. And Jamie Nye covers the Riders for CGMA Radio in Regina. Cody Fajardo. Will he start? Will he play, Jamie? Will it be Harkerville? What's going on? Oh well, uh, Harker Mania might be the answer for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the in the West Final because uh, the, the closer and closer it gets. I was watching practice today, and I'm thinking, Reed, this is an oblique injury, and reading up on it, it can be up to 30 days of rehab, and it's been 18 days since. Well, 18 days between when it happened and when game day will be for the West Final, and that's when you start to go, this is a pretty pretty sharp timeline for Cody Fajardo, and talking to some other players, the way he described the injury, it felt like a, he got stabbed in the back uh, when he went down. That, that to me, and that to a lot of people that hear about that for a muscle go, that sounds like a tear more than just a strain, which would make it a little more severe, so we're it's a big question mark, I think, of Cody Fajardo in the game. Uh, can they win with Harker? Well, obviously, I'll, I'll rephrase that. How much do their chances of winning decrease if Harker's the starting quarterback? Greatly the decrease if Harker's the starting quarterback. I, I look at what the Bombers did to Bo Levi Mitchell last week, and I know 
Bull was shorthanded in the receiving core, and the Riders might be too if Shaq Evans can't play. He also hasn't practiced much this week ahead of the West Final, so that hampers them even more so. Uh, Coach Dickinson said you might see all three quarterbacks, which would bring Brian Bennett into the fold, uh, who is more of a athletic running quarterback, so maybe a similar package to what the Bombers put on the field with Chris Streveler uh, for for an option. It, it's this is strange again, Reed. I'm I'm back to where we were last year for the West Semi against Winnipeg when it was a big question on will Zach Kalaros, the starting quarterback for the Riders at the time, be able to go? And on day three, it was like he barely took any reps, if any, and that was what Cody Fajardo was for the back half of the practice today, which was barely getting any first-team reps. It was Isaac Harker and sometimes Brian Bennett. And we know what happened last year. Kalaros didn't even dress. I think Fajardo will dress in this game, but I'm, <laughs> I think they might take him until he, he, he can't anymore. And that might be early in the game with what we've seen from this injury so far this week. Uh, well, that's really interesting. And with, with Evans as well, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a heck of a receiver. So that really shifts the balance and another storyline is this is the crazy thing if you would have told somebody on may 15th that zach kalaros will start the west final at quarterback at mosaic stadium you would have said he's the quarterback for the riders and they're going to finish first and host instead he's the quarterback for the visiting team and what is this his third team this year because he got traded to toronto first and then got uh, traded to Winnipeg. I, I don't know if the Bombers are already in town or, or if you've talked already, um, but this has to be one of the biggest storylines for this game as well. Oh, absolutely. It is. Uh, it was That storyline kind of got diminished this week because of the Fajardo watch that was going on in Saskatchewan, the minute-by-minute update on how far he can throw and how quick and how hard the throws are. Uh, but uh, as the the availability tomorrow is Zach Kalaros, it's going to be about what what's the return? Uh, what are you feeling on your return? Did they give up on you? Are you bitter that they traded you? Do you think you could have stayed here? And, and the weird thing is about this, Reed, was so many fans said get rid of him. We're done with him. He's injury prone. And now they watch him with Winnipeg, and they're start, starting to ponder, well, maybe we should have kept him around as the backup to Cody Fajardo for this situation where Fajardo may not be able to play in a big game and you have Zach Kalaros as a backup and he's looked pretty darn good doing filling that hole for Matt Nichols now in Winnipeg and oh the irony of maybe Zach Kalaros pulling out a win at Mosaic Stadium with Cody Fajardo being unable to finish a game and it's it's crazy it's the Bombers it's the Riders it's Fajardo it's Kalaros there's so many storylines here <laughs> It is uh, amazing to watch. It's the Bombers trying to end a 29-year drought without a Grey Cup, and it and it all comes to a three hours at Mosaic Stadium, starting at uh, 3:30 local time, 2:30 in Alberta. Yeah, I I, I love this storyline. I, I love that rivalry, and uh, you know they played in a Grey Cup when they weren't in the in the same division. And I guess there's a pretty big quarterback storyline for the Bombers as well, um, because Chris Strevler who doesn't always throw the ball very well. I think he was, wasn't he their leading rusher against Calgary going in, going yes, in kind of the wildcat quarterback. And, uh, and, and he's a little banged up going into this game. Obviously that's not a big as an impact for, for Winnipeg, but it maybe prevents Winnipeg from doing everything they want to do with kind of that change of pace offense. 
Well, I, I, I fully expect Chris Trevler to be like he was against Calgary, and it sounds like that's the case. Like that he just won't, because uh, uh, he's not practicing, right? But he'll just go in and play? Uh, well, we were hearing that he actually probably did participate in practice. It was closed practice in Winnipeg okay. today, but the expectation was that he likely did under closed doors where nobody could see it. But uh, I fully anticipate the same thing. They'll shoot up that foot. They'll freeze it. You won't be able to feel it for most of the game, and uh, they'll get as much as they can out of them, uh, similar to what the Riders are probably going to do with Fajardo on Sunday is get as much as they can out of them. And, and I'm I'm expecting it'll be Kalaros Trevler show once again like it was in Calgary. Uh, so it'll... Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing. But now the riders have some game film and can maybe game plan a little better than Calgary Stampeders, who looked almost completely caught off guard by what the Bombers were doing with Strebler and Kalaros. Is it 1972 the last time these teams played in a West final? Did I get that year right? West final. Yep, yeah. West final 1972. And if you look at the uh, game uh, summary on that one, Reed, the <laughs> the conclusion of the game was a 24-24 tie. The Riders had a chance to win with a field goal. They missed the field goal. It was punted out of the end zone. It was punted back in the end zone. It was punted back out of the end zone. Uh, Then the Riders got the ball, couldn't get it back in. However, there was a penalty, which gave the Riders another shot at kicking the field goal. They made it 27-24 final. Uh, so it was a, a crazy finish to that one in 1972. Of course, there was the Grey Cup in 07 when the uh, Bombers right. were uh, out of the West Division. So uh, they've had some pretty big games before. And <laughs> there's here's the karma part, though, Reed. I really, I'm really thinking this is karma. This is the second year in a row the Riders have a injured starting quarterback going into a playoff game against Winnipeg. What's the karma? Well, the Riders won that 07 Grey Cup with Kevin Glenn on the sideline with a broken arm and Ryan Dinwiddie, a quarterback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So it's like the football gods say, hey, Saskatchewan, you you owe Winnipeg a couple there uh, for that injury to Kevin Glenn in the East Final going into that Grey Cup. So uh, now now the Riders are feeling it on what it's like to try to win with a backup quarterback in a playoff game. Okay, in 1972 was in Winnipeg, was it not? They haven't played a West Final in Regina since 1966. Nope. I, I think no, I think it was in Regina that game. Well, it was, was in Regina, in 1972. okay. Yeah, so it was. It, it's been a long time, and for the Riders, hosting a West Final is strange enough because it was 72, 76, 2009. And now this one. So since 1970, it's been pretty much four West Finals in Saskatchewan, which is a sign of there's been some tough times in Saskatchewan over the last 40 years. Well, when I was a kid, they they were virtually never good, like in the 80s. And 11 years without making the playoffs yeah, from a, 1978 to 1988. In a five-team division. Yeah. Well, when they got in in 89, <laughs> though, they did quite a bit of damage. So at least, at least they have that <laughs> going for them. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a, f- a very fun rivalry game. I, I got to tell you this, JB. You, you probably looked at this when I tweeted it six months ago. This was my pr- predicted regular season order of finish in the West. And you're going to laugh at me. My listeners already laugh at me because they know all my all my predictions are wrong. This was my predicted regular season order of finish in the West: Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, BC, Saskatchewan. 
So I had the writers laugh. Now, to my credit, I'm one of the few predictors that put the Eskimos ahead of the Lions because I didn't see the Lions be very good. But, yes, I, I did predict Saskatchewan to finish last, largely because they lost Chris Jones and they lost Willie Jefferson. And then when they lost Kalaros 90 seconds into the season, I really thought I was going to be right. How did, how did they prove me and some other people wrong? I didn't see a lot of first-place predictions for the Riders. Oh yeah, they 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 completely um, uh, just overdid everything. The, Jeremy O'Day is general manager, better than we than many thought he could be. Craig Dickinson is head coach, better than they thought he'd be. Jason Shivers is defensive coordinator, better than they thought he could be. Uh, Cody Fajardo definitely. Right. Jack Evans had a great year. Uh, William Powell added. I think uh, you, you looked at. Losing Willie Jefferson wasn't that big of an impact. A.C. Leonard had a quiet season off the other edge of Charleston Hughes. And then the linebacking core of Cam Judge, Solomon Elamimian, and Derek Moncrief were sensational. So they they didn't do it by, by wowing people like that defense did last year with all the touchdowns. They did it by everybody buying in and doing their job. And nobody was really the superstar other than you know, Cody Fajardo uh, made a name for himself as he would as the starting quarterback, but it wasn't like they had Brandon Banks and all these amazing all-stars. They just put together a bunch of decent, solid seasons across the board, and that's what it was. Craig Dickinson had them buy in early to a family atmosphere in Saskatchewan, and that's what the players say. Uh, they believe in each other. They believe in that room where under Chris Jones – I don't think there was much of a family atmosphere. It was pretty much defense and offense, and they were kind of split right there down that line. Uh, but Craig Dickinson, hey, give him credit. What a rookie campaign as a head coach. All right, just a couple quick hitters. Uh, I, I didn't give the Eskimos uh, much of a chance against Hamilton. I give them less of it, or pardon me, against Montreal. I, I have to give them less of a chance against the Tiger Cats. Uh, your thoughts on the East final? Yep, I, I, I picked Edmonton last week against Montreal, uh, but not this week. I think Hamilton overall is uh, through and through a stronger team than the Edmonton Eskimos. And, and at home, and another trip out east for Edmonton in back-to-back weeks, that's going to be a tough one for the Eskimos. I got Hamilton. I'm going to end with this one, a question about one of your most favorite people. Is Chris Jones back in the CFL in the next three years or less? Oh, I, I think so. Uh, I, I don't think uh, his uh, guy from Alabama, Freddie Kitchens, is going to have a long tenure as the uh, Cleveland Browns coach. And I, I don't know if uh, he's made enough you know, connections in the NFL to keep going down there. Maybe he has. Heck, Danny Barrett is now in year four of being the running backs coach for an NFL team, and nobody in Saskatchewan would have thought that when he left in 06. So you never know, but I think Chris Jones, somebody is going to once again want to pay the man because he he helped his he helped this rider team grow. So I think that's a yes to Chris Jones being in the CFL. Heck, might be next year already. Well, that's a good point because Cleveland could possibly clean house after this season, right? So that's uh, maybe Baker Mayfield will come with him. And and his and his friend John Murphy is in Toronto, they might need a new head coach if Corey Chamberlain doesn't last the offseason. Yeah, that's a really good point. Jamie, this is going to be a fun weekend for CFL football. Thanks for giving some thoughts on the Riders, updating the quarterback situation. Enjoy the games. Yep, yeah, and imagine this. Saskatchewan, Edmonton, 
Stampeder fans will be miserable yeah. next week in well, the Grey Cup. It's possible, and that would be amazing. Saskatchewan, Edmonton, <laughs> in Calgary. And they're, they're, I don't know if you knew this, there are a lot of Rough Rider fans in Alberta, so they'd be, uh, they'd be looking for tickets. Yeah, it would be. Uh, uh, I, I couldn't imagine being a Stamp fan next week if that's the case, but we'll all watch and see. See you, Jamie. Yeah, see you, Reed. That is Jamie and I checking in from CJME Radio in Regina. Man, uh, if if Fajardo doesn't play, I th- I think Winnipeg's going to dominate that game, quite frankly. And maybe I'll eat those words like I was picking the Riders to finish last in the regular season, but that is that is a huge loss if they don't have Fajardo. Back for the uh, final few moments of the week here on it's This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Side Sports. Hi, this is Greg Ellingson of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Shed. All right. I want to tell you about something really important, if I can take a moment. The bins in shopping malls and select stores across Edmonton are out they are available to receive toys and donations, all for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. So if you're out shopping this Christmas season, we always appreciate it if you donate a new unwrapped toy in one of the clearly marked donation boxes. Now, they're in all of the city's major shopping centers, places like Superstore, Costco, Ikea, Toys R Us, Canadian Tire. Santa's Anonymous.ca, 630Chad, Santa's Anonymous. It's uh, always helps so many kids and families around the city, and so many of you are generous with your uh, money and time to help out. Uh, you know, delivery day's coming up on December 14th, so uh, we th- I'll thank you in advance, or I'll thank you for everything you've done in the past, and uh, if you can do something again this year, it is appreciated by a lot of people. So thank you so much. 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous rocking and rolling once again. It's 755. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Kellen? Is it time? You heard me mention it with with, uh, Dave earlier today. I got a root canal today. My first one ever. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it was honestly, this was the most excited I ever was to visit the dentist. Like I was thrilled. Okay. I was thrilled to visit the. Well, because this, I've this tooth has been bothering me to one degree or another for about seven months. Oh, okay. Yeah, pain, no, I, the, I know the, the feeling. The yeah. pain for the last about two weeks, I would describe as uh, pretty bad. Very intense, especially on the on, over the weekend. I, I felt like I wanted to rip the thing out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, so I, I did not do that. I did not get a uh, pair of pliers and, and do anything like that. Live teeth extraction what, in Studio a, 99 tonight. There was a tonight. movie where a guy pulled his own teeth out. Was it, was it a Pink Panther movie? A guy had to take his own tooth out? Was it? Uh, 
I don't know. I know in mob movies they have people that do it for you, but they're not necessarily dental. No, they're extracting people. information yeah. as well as your teeth. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I guess that's a that's that's the the most exciting thing that has happened to me in the last several weeks was that I got a root canal. A true testament to my life. Pretty amazing. All right, and, uh, and you can still work. Like it's not. It's not. Here's the thing. Root canals have this reputation. If you might need one down the road, haven't had one, it's fine. It takes a little longer than a clean. Yeah. But I was there a couple of hours, so you got to kind of yeah. hold your mouth in one place that for a while. That and wisdom tooth extractions no, the wis- I had, to be. My wisdom teeth were far worse. Yeah. That was, that was pain. Yeah, but I, I, I had mine out last year, and I honestly was ready out. to go the next day. You oh, know? wow. So. How come you waited so long? Because were, they were never a problem, and then when I went for my checkup a year ago, they were a problem, apparently. So. You were preserving your wisdom. I guess so. Final look at the scoreboard. Bruins beat the Maple Leafs 4-2. Devils knock off the Penguins 2-1. Canadians win 5-2 in Washington. Blue Jackets beat the Blues 3-2 in overtime. Wierenski gets the game winner. Senators lead the Flyers 2-1. They're in the final minute of the third period. U of A Golden Bears lead Regina 2-1. That's after one men's hockey at Claire Drake Arena. Tomorrow, 12.30 face-off show, game at two. Oilers and Stars, Sunday, 9.30 a.m. countdown to kickoff. Game at 11 a.m. Eskimos in Hamilton for the East Final. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer for Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.